Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we bring you a discussion on two thematically linked films, one mainstream, one cult. And uh, I'm excited for this one because we have uh, back with us our good friend Greg Johnson who is currently suffering from COVID-19. How are you doing Greg? Well I uh, I got half a vaccine shot and I got a full uh, dose of COVID in me so I'm doing great. Yeah I'm sure Fox News will twist that somehow. Yeah. Which uh, as a reminder to everyone uh, go get your vaccine, uh, wear your mask, uh, do, do stuff to protect yourself and others. Yeah don't spit in people's mouths. Well, you can do that one, but... Um, oh, all right. Well, I'm going to have to change my doormat. Uh, also, of course, I'm your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian, but we have with us Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm just fabulous today. Fabulous. That is good. And we have with us longtime panelist, Jeffrey Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Uh, should be a good tit-slapping good time. Tit-slapping good time. <laughs> was it tit-slapping or tit... Was it... What was... What do they I, say I in the it movie? Was it wasn't slapping. slapping. It was. was it? Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Whew. A tit. There was a lot. Oh, there was a lot. Was it tit flapping? Flapping. It was flapping, flapping. definitely. You're right. Yeah. There's two different things, Jeff. Mm. Yeah. The other one Woo! is what's in your search bar history. <laughs> um this so here we go. Uh, I'm excited about this. This week's double feature theme is two of a kind. And first up, we have the brand new 2021 film, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, um, written by Kristen Wiig and Anne uh, Malono. And uh, we'll talk about it. And then uh, next week, we will have part two with Double Trouble from 1992, starring... Um, uh, is it John and Paul David, the Barbarian Twins? People in the 90s may remember uh, these bodybuilding twins, uh, and they did a, a string of movies. And I, These are great ones to talk about. So, And they're virtually identical movies. I mean, we could talk about one, and you could just listen to that episode twice, and it's going to be the same. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. You'll have to find out. Okay. So I'm going to give a breakdown of the plot of Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect when this movie came out because obviously it came out during COVID time. So uh, previews were a little light. There, there of course, are trailers, but uh, a lot of us didn't see 
much on this, I think, before it came out. And then some fantastic uh, fiends of the pod like uh, Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon and Peaches Christ. Uh, go back and listen to her interview with Joshua Grinnell, aka Peaches Christ. Fabulous stuff. They sang the praises of this movie. Uh, and as a Kristen Wiig fan, definitely wanted to watch it. So it takes place uh, in the small beachside interior beach sound, uh, town of Vista Del Mar, primarily. And Barb and Star are two Midwestern girls, middle-aged and without husbands. Uh, Barb's died and Star's left her for someone else. And they go there after their job, which they love, uh, lets them go because of the store closing. It's a Jennifer convertible store. So if anybody's seen those vacant lots uh, around the US, they're still there. It's a real thing. So they go to Vista Del Mar. Well, Vista Del Mar is also where a sort of super villainous, also played by Kristen Wade by the name of Sharon, uh, is planning to release a flock of killer mosquitoes using a device that she bamboozled some well-meaning and now dead scientist into making for her. Uh, and to do this, she's using her muscle, which is uh, the, the eye candy from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, and he uh, finds true love uh, with, with, with one of the pair of Barb and Star and uh, then the plot is foiled and so on and so forth. So if it sounds like I'm describing the plot of Despicable Me 2, it's because I am describing the plot of Despicable Me 2. This is sort of a live action version. Uh, I'm saying that only half joking. I actually really think that they have a lot of parallels, which isn't surprising because Kristen Wiig plays one of the leads in Despicable Me 2. So let's talk about tone with this movie because this movie is somewhere between uh, a, a, an SNL skit with a lot of ad lib and like a, a feature that's totally farcical, like Anchorman 1, and one that's farcical but in a realistic setting like Anchorman 2. Uh, I think it maybe can get a little... For me, it took me a second to get into it, but once I was in, I was hooked. So let's just go right around the horn. Greg, what was your expectation going into this? And now that you've seen it, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think you led us with um, we're not going to be watching the usual she'll be horror film <laughs> this week. So, <laughs> I mean, I was I was ready for anything. I'm like, it's not it's not the Nate I know. So he could be <laughs> sending me down a very dark rabbit hole. But um, I loved it. It was really cute. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head referring to it as a not SNL SNL film. It really reminded me of um, Night at the Roxbury, kind of that. Um, you know, superstar. Anchorman, superstar, like it, it just had that SNL kind of non sequitur humor to it, but characters that you can see in everyday life in just a crazy situation where they just kind of sky's the limits on what happens. Yeah, I mean, I spent the first half of my high school life uh, in Wisconsin, uh, which is about as sort of midwestern vibe as you can get central wisconsin hi our wisconsin listeners um and i i knew barb and star um they they literally the the like 1960s grandmother hair that for some reason has continued to persist you know the the curlered like mid-length chin-length hair that's very feathered um it's sort of a a, a curly dome um the culottes you know, the, the pants that come mid-calf and are almost bell-bottoms and made of usually like a bright, like 
salmon pastel-y kind of thing. I mean, these people are people that I saw on a regular basis. Um, I also saw things like like racism and, and small-mindedness, uh, not across the board. But luckily, this film doesn't have that. In fact, this film is, as you said, it's cute. It's 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 really sweet and positive. Um, I, I found myself smiling. Uh, I remembered Greg one time uh, when the the Muppet um, movie, the, the sort of reboot of the fran. It wasn't a reboot, but the 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 new entry into the franchise that spawned a couple of sequels. Uh, I asked you how it was, and you said, "If you want to smile, go see the movie." And that was what this felt like to me. It is a movie that just made me smile. I I wasn't even in the mood for it, and yet. I, I I fell victim to its charm. Uh, Mandy, you were stoked to see this one. Now that you've seen it, what's your takeaway? Oh man, I had high, high expectations for this based on the hilarious review by Jinx Monsoon and Ben De La Creme. So go check that out as well. Uh, Cause wow, they were amazing. Um, it, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be so good. And it was, it was, it even exceeded my expectations. It was so fantastic. And it was just so light and so fun. And like you said, so positive. And I felt like um, also it had really strong female characters. Mm -hmm. Like they were funny, but they weren't really being made fun of. I thought that their oddness was celebrated and their, um, their friendship and their sameness. Cause you know, this is like two of a kind theme, but they were like, there were so many scenes where they were joking basically about the fact that they were exactly the same. Um, we talk about nothing for hours and hours um, and be perfectly happy doing so together. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was just lovely. And I also was pleasantly surprised at all of the cameos by very like so high ranking cameos. A-listers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that many cameos. I, I mean, some of them uh, we, I mean, of course, we can talk about the cast. Um, you, you have Jamie Dornan, who I mentioned from Fifty Shades of Grey, playing the the love interest, um, and Annie Momolo and Kristen Wiig. Um, but you also have uh, uh, Fortune Feimster, uh, who I absolutely love, and I wanted so much more of her. I she deserves her own movie. If you guys don't know who Fortune Feimster is, she's a fantastic comedian. I can't wait to join her on stage at some point, uh, being an LA person as I am, and. Uh, it, it, she's great and she does I they need to give her her own movie let's just say that um but she was great sort of in her little role as were the fellow midwestern girls phyllis smith uh from the office it was really great um uh, rose abdu plays bev she's uh always a great comedic actress she was in um uh, bad teacher and uh gilmore girls a little bit and uh then you also have uh Vanessa Bayer, who is sort of like, if I had one person to pick to be like in my background comedy room, I, I would choose her. Um, she played, uh, she played uh, Friday for several episodes in Will and Grace. Which, Wasn't she uh, on, um, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. She had a pretty I, funny sketch in that. Yes, she, yep, she was in 2019. And it, she's just absolutely great. You can't go wrong with her. And so whenever you see a film like this, it's sort of like, it just feels like Kristen and Amy were pulling it. And I'm on a first name basis now because I enjoyed the movie so much. Uh, it feels like they they pulled people that they like 
into the movie. And like when you have like fun times like that and you have people that get along together in a creative community, it sort of has a gravitational pull that pulls other people that work well together and have the same or similar comedic vibes into one area. And it's really great. Um, and uh, there, are, there are so many fun, goofy things in this. There are several song breaks. Um, there are uh, fantastical moments. Um, I think my favorite, uh, and don't worry, Jeff, I will get to you in a second, but uh, Andy Garcia is my favorite cameo um, as, as Tommy Bahama. <laughs> the Tommy Bahama, which let me tell you something, living in Southern California and now in Palm Springs area, making fun of Tommy Bahama is like brilliant because if you don't, if you're listening to this and, and maybe you're not in the U S or you don't know who Tommy Bahama's brand is Tommy Bahama brand is um, like really expensive Hawaiian shirts and khaki shorts. Like every man over the age of, of 50 who is relatively well-to-do and doesn't live in like a frozen hellscape um, is, is like, I'm going to wear a Tommy Bahama. Like it's, it's what's full uh, on the men's racks at the thrift stores here in Palm Springs. When people down here die in their second home, they're in everything they own goes into a thrift store and it's just racks of Tommy Bahama. So that was brilliant. Jeff, what did you expect going into Barb and Star and what do you feel now that you've seen it? Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I really expected. I, I guess I, I, I didn't really like think of it like a SNL type uh, film, uh, just because Kristen Wiig's been doing like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's really like, polished too. SNL. Like, yeah, it's very polished. There's no like, I mean, when I think of SNL, I do think of things like broken character, like character breaking their yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're, they smile or something, you know, breaking the scene a little bit at unexpected things. This is very much, I, I think it's closer to an Anchorman scenario. It, it, you're right, it is very polished, but like the, there's definitely, I think Greg was right. There's like a lot of things in here that like make it feel very much like the SNL package. Um, like just, you know, like going back to, you know, the, the women talking in their talk, club or whatever every once in a while is like that was that i mean that 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 bit could have been just in an episode of snl yeah like, i can see john didn't... lovitz like you know being the house husband trying to bring cookies in and them yelling at him and the, it's and and guys listening the talk club basically in their midwestern town they have and their town by the way is called soft rock that is the name of the of the town which is just so i they could have just called it adult contemporary and it would have been you know even funnier it's just they instead of a book club they have the talk club i think they call it and it's where they pull an, an a topic out of a, a jar or dish or whatever and that's what they have to talk about um and it's it's hilarious like it sets everything up about the characters involved right away and every so often throughout the movie not a lot just a couple of times at unexpected moments they'll cut back to the remaining characters back in soft rock in the talk club and it's always just it's both painful it's the kind of like ultimate uh to do as as white people do and, and steal lingo from uh people of color uh it's just the utter peak of white nonsense like this sort of artificial construct 
to encourage conversation that is so mindless that it's nothing. And there's lots of moments where there are these nothing conversations in this movie. And my favorite is the recurring one for a while, which is the conversation of Trish, when Barb and Star are flying to Florida for the first time and they're on the thing and they start talking about how that Trish is their favorite name. And then they start describing what Trish is as a person. And then by the time they're at the airport off the plane, Trish has died this beautiful romantic death and they're, they're, they're tearing up and holding each other's hands. Like it's just, it's, it's the sort of humor where it's stupidity elevated to a point where it's actually smart again. Um, I loved it. So, but I also, Jeff, didn't really know, even though I had seen a trailer and I did see the, the uh, reviews and read glowing things, I really wasn't sure what to think of Barb and Star. And yeah. what I actually expected most was it to be sort of a, 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 a second life coming of age, you know, a, a post middle age coming of age story about two Midwesterners going to Florida, which it is, but it also has this totally unexpected by my, in my mind, um, super villain subplot that is actually the the driving force for it's sort of a frame almost um and it has Kristen wig playing the uh incredibly white sun allergic villain sharon and um she looks sort of like if you took kate blanchett took all of the pigment she has and then made her uh a spooky vampire uh, with Idris Elba's eyes from Thor. Like, it's just, it's a very unnerving look. Um, she looks sort of like Sharon Needles uh, at her peak drag race uh, appearances. Uh, and and it's, I, I live for it. I'll do it. It's, it's fun. Uh, and I think she did a good job differentiating herself from her star character so much that I didn't even think of them as the same actress. Um, but she has this, the film opens with one of my favorite openings I've seen in recent films uh, of, of Rain Doy, who is a, a really great child actor playing the character Yo-Yo as a paper boy. And he is singing along to uh, uh, the tracks on his Walkman. And it is, you know, the Bee Gees-esque vibe. It's hilarious. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And it totally set me, I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't, because I don't even know where they are. They're somewhere in like, you know that Sharon and, and her gang of ne'er-do-wells they could be anywhere it's just it's sort of like the town the pastel town from Edward Scissorhands uh but just this opening sets the tone for being both ridiculous cute and unexpected and it is unexpected we have all sorts of weird crazy shit in this um not just tommy bahama uh, appearing as and being andy garcia um we have a, a morgan freeman uh, sound alike moment which is hilarious uh i loved richard cheese every time richard they cut cheese. back to him i was just I, delighted so and anyone who doesn't know who richard cheese is look up um richard cheese and uh the rage against uh was a lounge against the machine is his band's name uh but he he's in several scenes in this playing piano with the resort uh and he's hilarious uh as always he does lounge covers of popular songs that would never be considered lounge songs uh but he also in this does some some new material and it's funny and he's really funny and they don't overuse his material at all um it's just it's great i absolutely I love this. i think why his his scenes work so at the same reason why the whole film works is everything is played so straight yeah like it's it's everything it just 
kind of done with believability. No one seems like they're trying to get a laugh. It's just, this is what's happening now. And, and I mean, it is really like, there's, there's real moments and, and vibes of friendship. Like it just makes you feel good because Barbara and Star are such good friends. Even when, even when their relationship as per the plot is, you know, strained and they're, they're having trouble and there's, you know, there's going to be conflict. You never really get the sense, at least I didn't, that there was going to be, that they weren't going to figure it out. Um, and so often, even though we know that movies like this, they're going to figure it out. It's like a seventh heaven episode. It's stressful and I don't like it. And in this one, I didn't mind it because they were both having fun. And it's sort of, it starts with them being two of a kind, right? But then differentiating themselves and growing as people, which is a lot of fun. Uh, well, that scene, like, in, like, you're right, like, they're both like, they're, uh, they're both like very joyous in whatever they're doing apart. And mm -hmm. they're like, they're feeling guilty yes. about not, uh, you know, being together. So it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything ever do anything like that before. Which yeah. Is, I mean, really interesting. What I was thinking, the only thing I can think of that sort of touches on the same thing is Grace and Frankie um, uh, with, with Lily Tomlin and, um, uh, the most beautiful woman to ever have lived. And uh, I think it's, that's of course a serious show, although it's very funny and very well done. This one, yeah, it, it doesn't even, they don't have deep discussions about it, but we, the audience fully understand it as it's happening and as it resolves. Um, I also, you can't not mention uh, Damon Wayans Jr.'s uh, appearance and characters in this. I mean, he's one of those moments that where he pops up and it's so ridiculous that like oh, that gig. That it's gig. it's it's so funny he's he's the secret agent that's coming to clean up uh jamie's mess when he falls for star but he's all clandestine he, he acts completely clandestine and spy-like but constantly gives all of his information away every single time my favorite is when he actually has written down in larger font all of the secret parts of his messages <laughs> like it's just and then like the when he gives away his name on the last message he also says damn it on the message it's just it's funny and we know as an audience he's Damon Wayans like he's a famous person yet they don't play any of the guest spots in this movie um just for facial recognition in fact we don't see Damon Wayans whole face ever uncovered he's always wearing giant sunglasses or you just see his sunglass face or his eyebrows it's ridiculous um because it's all focused on the gags uh and i and i really enjoy that and there uh so we're gonna move right along i think to the recommendations in a second but um i do want to say that this has my favorite dance uh, soundtrack moment ever in this which is the prey to the seagull um moment that uh, that the 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 lover boy has um, Jamie Dornan's character. He's trying to, I think, isn't the idea that he's he's in love with Sharon, the supervillain, and she's not into him, but she's stringing him along so he'll do what she wants. So he has this moment where he runs into the beach and like starts to like act like he's gonna rip his shirt off because of course he's jacked, um, as as men in movies often are, and so be it. That's totally fine. Uh, but he, he, he just ends up doing like this insane, uh, I'm trying to think of a, an appropriate 
singer to, to that it mocks but it's sort of the sexy jazz music equivalent of a of a power ballad from the 80s where he's singing that he prays to the seagull seagull that he he finds his love that he gets an official relationship um and he asks is it heaven or is it hell and then like a random black woman in the background walking through stops to give background chorus for this insane song and it is and then it just is constantly cutting to pictures of seagulls as he's shouting to pray at the seagulls and seagulls of course doing the most seagull-like things ever like pecking garbage in a parking lot strutting along a boardwalk doing their little pigeon dance kind of thing hilarious absolutely totally loved that moment i bought every every second of it um yeah, this movie is is streaming everywhere. You can go pick it up at a Target right now if you want. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. There's actually, if you go to, to Target, they have a special uh, edition that has some extra footage and the extras that is not available anywhere else. And I watched it all. It's worth it. It's fun. Uh, it's, it's one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, I liked watching the extras because they're also fun. Uh, I could watch I could watch another movie of this. Um, so, you know, who knows? I, I hope Kristen and... and uh, Amy do many more things to get Annie do many more things together, which I think they will. But let's go to recommendations and such. Greg, would you recommend 2021's Barb's and Star go to Visa Del Mar to people and why? Uh, yeah, I absolutely would. Um, I mean, Jamie Dornan's uh, musical bit, I mean, that alone was was really something else. But um, yeah, Kristen and Annie really, really have like a wonderful wonderful chemistry together in this film and it, it's it's just funny um i think comparing it to grace and frankie is great i mean obviously thelma and louise is kind of the bar for yeah. like female buddy comedy um uh if you for some reason have never seen a movie co-starring two women in your life that um then maybe compare it to anchor man or even a hot rod it it just has this out there sense of humor but it's very very genuine and sweet yep I, you're pulling out the Andy Sandberg. I was just thinking of, of, of him today. Uh, yeah, and and also if you if you think that we've given away all of the uh, sort of guest star cameo spots, um, we we haven't. There's more. Um, maybe they're not. There's a couple of real big ones in this, and a lot of little ones. You're like, oh, it's so and so. So check that out. Mandy, would you recommend Barb and Star go to Visa de Lomar? And if so, to who and why? Yes, I, of course I would. I would recommend it to anybody who wants a good, wholesome laugh. That's it, everybody. That yeah, wants to laugh. And I mean, there is. I will say that it's 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 not a super graphic film, even though there is uh, uh, there 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 is reference to sex. There is is silly sex uh, hijinks on screen, but of course, there's no nudity. There's no real violence. Um, there is one character that dies, the scientist in the beginning, and it's it's played to comedic effect. It's not a, it's not a heavily serious moment. Um, Jeff, would you recommend Barb and Star go to the Beast of Mar? Uh, and if so, to who and why? Uh, I would say this is a must see. I mean, I think everybody needs a laugh right now. Um, and quite frankly, this is, uh, you know, a, a step above all other comedies. You'll, you'll never expect what's going to happen next. Every time you think they're going down like a normal path for like a movie, they just don't go to the place that you think they're going to go. Uh, and uh, it, it keeps it just moving and exciting. And, uh, you know, somehow they make 
every single decision different than any every other movie you've ever seen but it works in the end uh and i think partially just because it's funny and uh you know uh they they really hit a, a right chord here with the tone and the feeling and um you know fucking friendship is great it is i agree with that and i would say your your fact that you don't know what's going to happen it's true even though yes you you're like oh this is a like a light tone movie everything's going to work out in the end uh it does and that's true but the moment to moment scene changes and progressions are often batshit crazy um and sometimes and it's actually to me it was actually a little jarring at first uh when when uh evil sharon offers people drinks at the beginning and then says she wants a suicide and presses like a you know a mad scientist button and up comes a soda machine and she elaborates verbally her perfect mix of suicide from a soft drink before going on and here's the thing it, it it's it's insane and is there a direct punchline to it there actually isn't but like so many things you don't expect to in this movie they actually have little snippets of those jokes come back later which is, it's really genius. It's the sort of thing that, um, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery on, in their legendary Whose Line Is It Anyway performances, you know, would, would sort of use to great effect. It's a callback that you don't expect because you think there's not supposed to be a callback and there doesn't have to be a callback. So when there is a callback, it's like a crowd cheer moment. Um, so I, I agree. I would recommend this to anyone. If you like, first off, if you like goofy comedies like Anchorman or something with a little bit of that sort of Dada-esque weird humor, um, watch it. You'll absolutely enjoy it. Um, I've heard some people say if you like Bridesmaids, I agree with that. Personally, I actually didn't like Bridesmaids. I thought that it was... I thought it was the weaker of that string of Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig comedies, and I love them both. Um, uh, so this, I think, is an elevated form of that. It is also as you've probably garnered by listening to us, it is also a more bizarre entry into this sort of humor. Like it's it's not totally grounded in reality, like say the, the female-led Ghostbusters, um, but it's neither is it batshit crazy like the Anchorman series to the point where people are cutting each other's limbs off um, in a park. It's just, it's just whimsical. funny. Whimsical, that is a whimsical. great way to put it, whimsical. Yeah. Um, and when ridiculous things happen, you accept it because the tone has been set that that happens sometimes. And also you like the outcome. So you also forgive Barb so and Star much. are magical. So magical things happen around them. Sure. And right? I can see, it's frankly, people are like, oh, don't be at a dead horse. Frankly, this is the kind of thing where Barb and Star could have a TV show. You could do TV episodes of Barb and Star. Um, I would rather see another feature. Uh, but mm -hmm. I just hope that these two continue to work together because I think this is a great film. And I think everyone uh, who needs something positive and lighthearted should watch it because 2019, 2020, and now 2021 has been kind of a huge shit show across the world. It's a real tough time and we all can use some levity uh and and this does it in a way that's also positive it's not just throwaway humor it's also got a nice positive fun loving message um and stay to the end of the credits because there are several scenes in the middle of these credits that are fun little nods to the rest of the movie well nate you know that after this it has to be um, a darker sequel of course as is the natural progression so uh we're looking forward to what barb and star go to the gulag in 2024 barb and star go to the 9-11 memorial um you know it's it's gonna be uh i i don't know 
I don't, I don't know what, you know, Barb and Barb and stars cancer scare. Or like, I don't know what the situation is going to be. Um, but no, I, I really think that, uh, this would be fun. And actually this is the kind of movie that actually they might do a sequel in 30 years. Do you know what I mean? When, uh, Kristen Wiig and, and Annie Milano are older and there's a new stage of life that they're moving into. Uh, this is that kind of film. And I think that, I think that that would be a valid thing to do. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This has been part one of our two of a kind uh, double feature. Next week, listen in to Double Trouble, 1992's action buddy cop comedy. It's sort of a half buddy cop, but we'll talk about it. And why it's identical to Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, yeah. So as always, guys, to play us out is the chud with all but evil. But first, please, please, please leave us uh, reviews wherever you get your podcast. If you like us, reach out to us for anything, recommendations, questions, say, hey, I hate the sound of your voice uh, at Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, coltonclassicpodcast.com. And uh, if you write a review, send us a screenshot to our email or Instagram, which is Colton Classic Podcast. We'll send you free stuff in the mail. So we hope you guys have a great day and we'll uh, be talking in your ears next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.